Hello, and welcome to Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. This is episode 60, Travis. Episode 60. Not that that's some like crazy significant number, but it's significant in the sense that we got football tomorrow. We got pro NFL football happening tomorrow. New era in New England. We got a new era a bunch of places. Um, we got a little warm up this past week. I know we've been away for a little while. You were enjoying your honeymoon as you should. Uh, a lot of news to cover that uh, has been kind of going all over the sports world, mainly in the in the football realm. Um, but there's some things we're going to break down as well as just, just taking it in, you know, it's just, it's a good, first off, I got a little distracted. I wanted to check the U uh, S open. Are you watching this 18 year old and 19 year old unseated. One of them had to play three, three, uh, Fernandez had to play three play in games to get to the tournament. And the other 19 year olds beating like the number three, Two, three, and five overall, plus like some teen women's or men's? Women's. Okay. It's unbelievable. But yeah, anyways. I watched any of it. You I were always a tennis won. guy. I was, I mean, I, I watched occasionally. You were always into it. I am. And then Djokovic is going to win his millionth. Yeah, uh, actually, this is significant. It's significant for him because if he wins, he takes over the lead for majors. Because um, he came on the scene. Actually, did you see uh, Untold? You, you led me on that season on Netflix with the uh, Malice in the Palace. Oh, is there another um, one? There's a couple great ones. First off, anyone listening, there's the one with uh, the, the Thrashers, the Danbury Thrashers in Connecticut. You haven't seen this one? I have not. Actually, now I think about it, I heard it on the radio. Phenomenal. Basically, it's the guy that they based the Sopranos on. It has to be. Yeah. Runs a trash empire with a lot of sketchy shit in the background, although they don't get into the details of that, which makes sense that they probably legally could not even touch on that the guy bought his 17 year old son a hockey team and he runs it and he gets the biggest enforcers in the league like across the board and makes this winning franchise the, the danbury connecticut going crazy for him and uh then all this stuff happens with like mob ties and it's so interesting. You gotta watch that. that was one of the recent ones. Um, I forget the name of it. Um, but then there's the newest one about uh, tennis. Marty Fish, who's a tennis player. Yep. And uh, he was right around when uh, Andy Roddick was out. Um, they were like best buds. And they came up and they did go over like the scene of when Roger and Nadal and then Djokovic came on the scene. So all these guys came out. Djokovic is going to win his like leading major here. Um, filling this is first off, this is filling in up our time for all our tennis fans. Um, there you go. And uh, but here's the thing no one's gonna Djokovic might have the lead in, in wins when it's all said and done, but no one's gonna like somebody more than than Roger. Roger's just likable guy, man. It is funny, Djokovic is like probably one of the best tennis players ever, but when you think about it, it's always McDonald's better. I think he is, he is, and I think to some level he's one he's wanting to be like so much and he's not technically like he didn't embrace a villain role so he's kind of in this limbo area which is similar to perceptions of like cam newton in certain ways i think there's some parallel um which we'll get into because we got a whole 43 minute video that we can kind of break down i'll tell you my my thoughts on it uh i know a lot of people want to make fun of him and 
oh, what's he wearing for a hat and stuff? It's like, come on, man. Low-hanging fruit here. Um, but, yes, anyways, I love tennis. A lot of, lot of good stuff there. But football is pretty much what we're going to be talking about this entire time. Um, because baseball, yeah, we're getting the crunch time. A lot of fun. I did go, actually, a couple Sundays ago, walk-off home run for the Padres. A lot of fun. Um, Cronenworth got a got a shot in the knife. Um, not much happened in NBA, which is fine, but that's coming back soon. Watch yourselves, guys. Uh, NHL, same thing. It's like always dead silent until they're playing. Um, but football, we got it tomorrow. We got where, where do you want to go in first? Do we want to go straight into the Patriots or do we want to go around the league first? Go around the league first. Okay. All right, let's uh, kind of pick point. You can throw out stuff too. First thing, because we, we mentioned it right before we hit record, the Ravens, man. Lamar is going to have to be special, huh? Jesus. I, who did they sign? They signed Latavius Murray. I think they signed Le'Veon Bell too. Did they sign Devontae Freeman in the practice squad too? I could be they wrong. They should. If they haven't, they probably should. Even if it doesn't like, fit systematically, it doesn't make sense. It's having like, three running backs have catastrophic knee or Achilles injuries. And then you have – and, and I do agree with some of the people who are saying, like, the maybe the most important – first off, the ACLs the other day with Marcus Peters and um, – Yeah, that's crazy. That was back-to-back plays. Could you imagine how demoralizing that was – that would be if you were a player? Oh. Like, ah, shit, man, like, he's down. And then you, you get yourself up to, like – after any, anyone who's played sports and there's a big injury to, like, a, a big player for your team, a starter, right? It like it shakes you, it shakes the team, and then you're like, "Damn, man, okay, we got to get going again." And then the very next play, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, um, and Marcus, I mean, the running back situation that sucks for him, but Marcus' yeah. situation that's a big injury. Well, it's it's big because on defense, it's like he's a guy that you can be. All right, that side of the field's covered. We just got to make sure we cover everything else. Um, and so. A team that was probably at full health coming into the, the season before preseason, you could have easily probably pegged as being a Super Bowl contender. I know Lamar has just been better each year. Um, the team has always had a, a pretty good identity on defense. They have sort of a ground, you know, they've had that uh, ground and pound type running game. But I mean, that this seems like it takes them completely out of it, right? I would think so. I mean, I'll be very curious to see what their running game looks like now that you're just kind of throwing in random people and, you know, scrappy people. Um, yeah, so that's that's one team there. Um, I guess a big matchup that's coming up. Uh, I, I, I will say this. I don't think it will end up being the best game because we might have already seen that uh, yeah, on Thursday. Yeah. But I think the most anticipated game coming into tomorrow – um, is the Chiefs and the Browns game. Um, you know, we're, we're not sure what we're going to see from Baker Mayfield. We're not sure what we're going to see uh, Odell Beckham. You know, I, I think he'll probably find a way to play. Um, you kind of think it'd be scary if Pat Mahomes is taking another jump. But uh, do you think that's going to be the game of the weekend? Um, it, exclu- excluding what we just saw on Thursday, which we'll get into. I think that'll be a really good game. Quite possibly, you have a game on the weekend. Um, Green Bay, New Orleans should be a good one, even though they're playing in Jacksonville, um, which is interesting too. 
And personally, I'm like, I think we get it here nationally is the Bills Steelers game. That, I mean, I'll be curious. I think the Steelers are going to be slow going on offense, but it'll be a good challenge for the Steelers defense, especially after just signing TJ Watts on that massive deal. But I mean, Bills have the a Steelers lot of pressure are, this year. Steelers. So both those teams actually are very interesting spot. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, every, there's going to be a lot of pressure and questions on that. But I think they, in the offseason, so they got Harris as a running back. That was a big thing that they didn't have last year. Um, I think that they have – it's almost like these teams, these two teams, so the Bills and the Steelers. Steelers for so long had such high expectations um, to be a team that's going to make it to AFC Championship game, maybe run to the Super Bowl. Um, it seems like that's kind of – that time has passed and some of the players that we thought would make it to that point um, have left in AB and, and Le'Veon. And um, so you're not sure how they're going to survive on a rebuild. Last year we saw a team that I think they started 11 and 0, right? Yeah. Which is, was maybe the weakest 11 and 0 start I've ever seen in my life because they fell right apart. Um, so they're, but, but the thing is they don't have any like expectations on it. We're kind of wait, let's see what happens. Uh, whereas the Bills, that was sort of like last year. It's like, okay, what's Josh Allen going to show? You know, what's this team? They got some. They got some pieces. Let's see if they do it. And then they showed up big, in a big way. And now we're coming into a year where now there's expectation. Now there's pressure from people around them. Josh Allen is, in a lot of people's mind, going to be the MVP. Uh, Stephon Diggs, you got him being huge, and of course you get that picture of him watching. You know. Uh, you know, staying on the field, watching the other team celebrate at the end of last year, bulletin board material is like no other in the NFL. Um, you got some people who want to prove some things. Where do you think both these teams, uh, where, where could you see both these teams ending up? Uh, not that at the end of the year, but like just in a few weeks. Well, I mean, the Steelers, I think, and Roethlisberger even said it to off the jump that there, there's going to be some growing pains with that offense. Just, you mean, you got, Najee Harris is a rookie. Um, there'll be a lot of pressure on him. Their wide receiver court, it's good wide receiver court, but their offensive line, I think, is a little bit of a question mark. So I think that'll take them a little bit of a, a slow going. The Bills, man, I think they're, like, they're ready to fucking go. Like, let's be real. Like, the pressure's on them from day one, especially when it comes to competing with Kansas City. And, I mean, I guess if you want to put Cleveland in there as a periphery kind of team, um, they have a lot of pressure out the jump. So... I don't even know their schedule, to be honest with you, but this will be a good test for them right off the bat and see how they do because the Steelers defense isn't anything to scoff at. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be an – I mean, I, I imagine the Bills win by a touchdown or two, but it should be a good game regardless, and I would at least hope it would be. Yeah. Um, I th- who, who do you think would be more important to get a W in the beginning of – like to set things off between Pittsburgh – and the Bills looking forward, looking at their division, looking at, you know, having an extra game, I guess, in the, in the whole scheme of things. But, like, who do you think would be more important to have a, a hot start from, this, from the very beginning? I would say probably the Bills. I mean, you look at the AFC East. I mean, Miami's not going to be a team to, to walk over. The Patriots clearly vastly improved. I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure there, and we'll get into that with, with the rookie quarterback. But – it's just going to be a competitive I – mean, the Jets are the Jets, let's be honest. They're just – they still suck. Um, but the Bills aren't – it's not like they're going to cakewalk through the AFCs. 
Um, right. You know, last year they they obviously won the AFC East, um, but I think this year it's going to be a lot more competitive, at least with Miami and New England being a more more well-rounded team. Um, mm. Still questions with Tua and what he's going to be able to do. Um, likewise, it's funny you mentioned the. I know the Jets are going to suck, but it's a cool matchup that they got going on for this week against yeah. the Panthers because you got Darnold who just yep. moved on, which I, I'm kind of happy he got out of there, and I hope he has a, a good resurgence here. It's not I, – I, I'll admit it's not a game that I'll be watching, um, but it's a game that I'll pay attention to as far as the stat line. Um, I want to see what they – if they give complete free reigns to Zach Wilson, which sounds like they would, or if they're going to – you know, be real cautious with them or, um, you know, on, on the other side, other side, Darnold, can he get a fast start? He's got some new weapons, you know, Christian McCaffrey, anytime he's healthy, that's a scary thing. Um, so that's a game I won't be watching, but it's a game that I'll check in, see, see any, any other games like that for you going around. I want to see how Stafford is with the Rams. Yeah, that's another one. This is, I mean, it's an Did you see his numbers with the Lions, like the last couple oh, they're of years? Great. It's just the Lions suck. I know. Lions don't have a defense, and they still don't have a defense. Hmm. Um, yeah, that dude's a tough son of a bitch. Like he plays hurt a lot. Like I mean, I think they're gonna. The Rams will have a really good year, especially with the Rams. I think both teams in LA could be really, really good. I agree. The Chargers is always a question mark. You know, it really. I mean, Justin Herbert. I think should probably have a second year jump. Um, now it's just the way you look at Justin Herbert last year, he didn't necessarily lose them a lot of games, but he won them a lot of games. Now I'm going to be since that. I mean, you know, he didn't make many mistakes that lost the team the game directly. Um, save maybe I think the Patriots, he was terrible. Um, but he's going to have a lot of pressure on him to, you know, win them some games. Whereas, you know, now it's not just be a manager. And, I mean, that's another guy. Had a fucking great rookie year. Very excited to see what he does this year. Dude can sling yeah. it. And it's, it creates another question mark with Miami. Talking about Tua, like, did they make the right choice? Because that's going to be a long-term question now as Justin Herbert continues to have success and the uncertainty of what Tua Tagovailoa Tug- is going to be. Talk about a freaking name you got to say. Challenging name to say. I know. And then, But eventually it just becomes super easy. He needs a nickname. That's what he needs. Um, or just Tua. That works too. Uh, although, not to go outside NFL, there's another quarterback at Bama that's got, that look, looks a little like him as far as stature yep. goes. Um, when it's all said and done, he might be the best. But Yeah, quite, I mean, he's highly recruited. Quite possible. Right, um, okay, where else can we go? Where else can we go before we go to the Patriots? I don't want to be – I don't want our biases to crush everything else. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about Thursday night's game because that was just – Oh, I, right, right, right. This is where I was probably – I mean, I don't know if you watched it, but I was a little envious that you were on the West Coast in terms of time because I stayed up for yeah. the entire game. I think it was like 11 o'clock and I fell asleep halfway through the fourth quarter. woke up with like three and a half minutes left. <laughs> and I looked at the TV and I'm like, all right, it's late. And like, I just went to bed. I don't fucking care. Like, I really don't care. It's been a great game so far. Well, and of course. Can I, did you, part of you go to bed when they did the, tell me how many times you've seen this. The team that's driving down the field, they get a touchdown or a field goal, go up. I'm not just talking about Thursday's game. I'm talking about 
in general. They were driving down the field to get a two-plus point lead. And there's a minute change left on there. And the, <laughs> the camera just knows every single time there's Brady who slouched over, his head kind of just bobbing up and down every time. And you're like, yep, well, cool. Here's another team that gets to lose to the, <laughs> the honorable Tom Brady. <laughs> like, at this point, he should, be laugh- he should be laughing on the sidelines. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. I mean, that whole – I didn't see ours because, I, like I said, I, I could not stay awake anymore. My eyes were just about to – Fall, fall out of my head. Um, I mean, you saw the the replay. Something came out today where it appeared that he literally yelled no to Byron Leftwich on a play call and just called his own play. Yeah. I think it was the Godwin play, um, which to me is just one like hilarious. Here's the thing: if anyone wants to complain about pass interference, you're canceled out immediately because of the extra missed the point extra point attempt miss the field goal that was. Awful shank to the left, the first oh, yeah. goal of the game, which is chip shot. So it's like all of that can cancel like uh, early on in the game when the entire offensive line goes offside. You know, like those are moments that cancel out your argument of a pass. That was such a great call. Ball start, <laughs> the entire offensive line. That was me. Talk about like, the mics, the ref getting mic'd up saying, I don't know, let's just call it taunting. Like, yeah. Realizing it's on, like, Great opening night for football. Um, um, but moreover, man, you, Brady was absolutely surgical. It's unbelievable. How, like, I mean, the two interceptions, one, you know, Leonard Fournette's hands, can't do that. And the other one was a, what, a Hail Mary at the end of yeah. the quarter where I think Brady just, what, he stood there and just rocked some guy with his shoulder coming down the field. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, there were some turnovers, but they felt more like, they were forced turnovers rather than like giveaways, you know? Um, But both QBs balling out. Yeah. I think Dallas fans, Dallas fans can be super excited about Dak Prescott because there's a lot of question marks with health. There's a lot of questions marks with, Hey, is he, is he worth the the amount of money that he makes um, or that he, he got. But at the same time as a team, I don't think there's any moral victories in a game that you only play 17 uh, that you only play 17 games and you're in a division that's notorious for like being separated by like <laughs> one game by, when it's all said and done. Well, with if a, anything like last year's NFC East, you just need to win like five games. And you're gonna make that's five. what I'm saying. But at the same time, it's like there's no moral victories at this point because those are wins that you, you got to get when you're playing that well. You got to get that. I know there's question, question marks why they didn't give it, give Zeke as many carries or touches. And... Their run defense is unreal, though. I mean, they got carved up pass defense-wise. Oh, yeah, they did. It is, like you said, it is just so funny that, like, another team just giving Tom Brady, like, it's not even like maybe they give him too much time on the clock. At this point with Brady, like, you can say definitively, like, Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels could have said, oh, no, they gave Brady too much time. Because, like, you know what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> it's not like, well, he's got a minute and a half to work with. Let's see how this plays out. It's like, no, Dallas fucked up. Yeah, and they knew it. And it's just, it's just a hilarious thing because we've seen it so many times that we're, of course, we're going to take it for granted. Like you, you see this happen all the time, and it's like, it's almost like, it's almost a, 
if you're in playing the NFL and you're like, oh yeah, I lost to Brady with a sec- a minute left. Like everyone can say that because he, yeah. he just does it. And it, it shouldn't surprise me, but it still does. I mean, he's 44 years old. And I knew right from the, the start that they were going to carve up like, oh, Dallas is going to have to score a lot of points here. When I saw that first pass to Gronkowski, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like just the window. Although I think Gronk was seeing some stars when he went down on the ground, you know, that giant chunk of grass uh, yeah. in his helmet. That was ridiculous. And then, and then like, I think it might've been the play or two after where he threw it to AB on the sideline there, sort of a broken play. Yep. I'm like, Oh yeah, these guys, you're not going to win this game unless you put up a lot of points. So um, am I saying Tampa's going to go undefeated? Absolutely not. Um, but when it's all said and done, come playoff time, I think uh, they're going to be a team to beat right there. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Okay, I think it's that time. I can't resist seeing much, much longer here <laughs> with the Patriots, okay? So tomorrow marks new era, fresh start. Mac Jones at center. Um, under center. Or under center, sorry. Came out as a huge surprise. You know, we haven't talked. We haven't recorded since um, Cam Newton was was released. It's not something I saw, but it's also something that after the fact, I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me. Um, we went back and forth with a lot of discussion. Um, we can kind of bring up some of the points that we were, were thinking. And then yesterday, you sent my way that uh, YouTube video, 43-minute of Cam Newton with his dad sitting down. Um, and I loved it. Okay. Like, I'll put it out there first and foremost. I think I've made it very clear in our recording through to this point in 60 episodes that I really like Cam Newton as a human being, as a leader, as a person who puts in the work. He is who he is. And he's somebody I think would be, I would love to be a friend, be friends with this guy. I think he's just, he, picks up the people that's around him and what you see is what you get. It just so happened that last year, his performance, and there's some things that I agree with. Hey, he had five weeks to get ready for a season last year. Mac Jones is coming off of like four months. Okay. I'm not saying that that was like the deal breaker or that's why we didn't see a great performance last year. Cause at the end of the day, you still got to throw the ball and it just appeared like he couldn't throw it anymore. And it appeared he couldn't read the defenses later in this season. There's a reason he hadn't had like a touchdown pass until like the last second, the last week of the the season. That was frustrating. But from a performance side, he couldn't do it. A quarterback can't throw a touchdown. (laughs) That's not frustrating. And so it was a very interesting, I I, want to hear what you took away from it, um, from the video and you might disagree with me on certain things. You might think he came off as an asshole. Um, and that's all right. We, we can kind of put what Cam Newton's dad said as being – just chalk it up to the fact that he's doing his job and being a dad. Like you, you are first and foremost going to stand behind your son. And if someone, in, your, in his opinion, wrong Cam, then, they, yeah, he'll, he can hold the grudge. But I think Cam did a really good job of being like, no. Nah, like it's on to the next thing. Like I under, it, it's okay. Um, what were your thoughts from this video that he released funky Friday? 
And um, what do you think of some of the inside stuff that we saw maybe? Um, like I'm envisioning hard knocks, mm -hmm. in my, like imagining it when he was talking about how he's got called into Bill's office. It wasn't actually in Bill's office. Didn't think he was getting cut. All of a sudden he's calling his driver back, you know? Um, like I see that straight out of the scene, hard knocks. What was your take on this, this uh, video? The good, the bad, any ugly? Well, you figure it's a contrived setting. I think I, I told you, I mean, and you said, you know, it's a lot of what we thought, which clearly was the case. Few things that I took away. One, I texted you. You know him saying, you know, him being a backup would be a distraction. Just the aura of him and who he is and his presence. Which, yeah, the name Cam Newton does ring loudly. You know, like everyone knows who Cam Newton is, what he is, what he was. I don't know what he is now, as evidenced by his play recently. But I don't know if that's going to hurt his job in the future. Because I mean, I still, again, I don't see any team that could bring him in as a starting quarterback. There's just no team. Um, so I don't know if he's ever, I mean, at least this year, it'd be very interesting to see if he gets a backup job or another job opportunity, because unless a quarterback gets hurt, I can't see any coach seeing this interview and saying, yeah, I want that situation where he's on record saying, I may just be a distraction being a backup quarterback. And not to the sense that like himself being a distraction, but all the, the presence that he brings to an organization and, you know, Let's put him behind Zach Wilson. Like, Zach Wilson has a lot of pressure on him to succeed and be this franchise quarterback. If Cam Newton's behind you, it definitely puts, you know, kind of a looking over your shoulder a little bit type situation. Um, and that's what he, was, he meant by what he was saying in regards to Mac Jones. Secondly, interesting to hear him say that Mac Jones did not win the job, which by all accounts, by every Patriots beat writer and any national person that saw the games, you and I, like, clearly – Mac Jones outplayed Cam Newton, like clearly. And that just I will put this up. Can I put the caveat? Because I did talk about this yeah. in one of our very recent um, recordings was or an episode was the biases that are going to naturally come into play. Like oh, totally. you might not mean to, but of course, if you are a Cam person, you're saying Cam deserves a job. If you are a Mac person who wants to see this young quarterback get a chance, you're obviously going to see ways that Mac is outplaying Cam. So I there because there's natural bias in everything in what you do and what I do, what everybody I mean, listens is doing. I've been spoken from the jump when we talk about the situation that yeah. I don't want to fucking see Cam Newton under center, and I cannot express how excited I am tomorrow to watch a meaningless Week One football game. But it's exciting. I think, yeah, I think it came down to the fact: was it a clear outplaying? I I think there's so much to be said about the the behind closed doors, the, the, the practices and things like that outside of the games that we were able to see. But what, what we did see was Mac was playing at a level equal, if not a little bit higher than yeah. Cam. And I think when it's all said and done, you're looking at a player that, hey, in our eyes, we know sort of where Cam is, his, what his ceiling is. And are we convinced that his, he can get back to that ceiling? And then with Mac Jones at this age, at this, this level coming in, okay, he probably has a higher ceiling at this point in it, you know, going forward. So why not give that person a chance to go through some of the learning curves and the hiccups that are, gonna, are bound to come this year, which is exciting. But, uh, but yeah, continue. Well, I think, I mean, the other part, and speak to that piece, 
you saw him say, you know, coming in last year, you mentioned, you know, the five weeks, Mac Jones had four months. But like him saying, I've never played maybe 30 teams, I think he said, that don't do it the way the Patriots do in the sense that the quarterback is responsible for calling the protections, identifying the Mike linebacker. And just to, it's just to throw this in there, there's a center. Yeah. Correct. And he always said the center typically does this for people who don't watch football. But that just goes to show you that what the Patriots do, he was not equipped to do and successfully. And, you know, every time. Mac Jones, you see it from the jump. He gets out there. I mean, they reported in practice once. The Patriots defense kept switching coverages, and he changed the play three separate times based on them switching up their coverages and then threw a touchdown. So, like, I don't think Cam Newton mentally was capable of doing that. And that's not to say he's not a capable quarterback, but, like, mentally speaking, the fact that he didn't necessarily know the playbook, all right, I, I see this, this is what I need to check to. Mac Jones can do that. Um, and, look, as you said, there's biases. I'm extremely biased towards Mac Jones because it's exciting. It's the future. Why not wait? Why wait any longer than you have to? Like, if he's not great to start the year, that's fine. He's going to get better. I don't know that he'll have an, an amazing deal of success, but I think the way the Patriots always used to run their offense under Tom Brady, you're going to see it run just like that. You're not going to see 12 touchdown passes in one calendar year and a run-heavy offense that if they stack the box, you're fucked like last year, which was the case later on in the year. Um, the other piece, and I mean, you can speak to the, the COVID. They obviously addressed the kind of the COVID situation that happened where he missed five days later on in the year. And I think let's call that a 15% reason as to why he got cut and, and the reliability factor of it with not to say the unvaccinated piece of it, but with COVID, you never know. I mean, Mac Jones could test positive, but clearly he's vaccinated. So all you would need to do is basically test negative two days in a row to return to action. If you're unvaccinated, you saw it with, um, who was it this week for the Dolphins that got COVID and he's out? One, uh, one of their tight ends, um, Adam Shaheen. He's out for yeah. 10 days. So there is that piece, but that definitely was not the motivating factor as to why he was released and why Mac Jones was the ultimate winner of this quarterback. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting too because he did I, – I would have expected – I could have absolutely seen him being like, you know what, those five days were the turning point. Those five days were the time where all the first reps were going to him. I was getting a sense of, okay, you know, his, what do you say, like his – 10 plays to my two with the first team or yeah. something like that. Um, but he actually did mention that it was even before that, like he was seeing that, that shift going on. Um, it's interesting to me that he's seen that, but then again, he said Mac Jones did not beat him out in this competition, which I think is not true. I mean, I think he did. Yeah. Part of me thinks that that's part of the ego that he needs to have going forward in hopes of getting a new team. That makes sense. Yeah. That um, makes sense. The other and, he, and he's in a tough position because he's built such a star out of himself uh, to go back to like your, where you started at. He's built such a big star out of himself that I don't think any team, again, him not being personally the distraction, but the distraction of having such a big name person on his team that's not starting. So outside of being a starter, which he might be better than uh, one of the 32. I mean, he's, I would say he's better than Andy Dalton. Um, yeah. maybe from maybe. what I saw last year of Andy Dalton wasn't much better than him. Um, so if he's not in a starting role, then for a team to bring him on, it would be kind of crazy. Uh, 
it'd be kind of a, a, a tough one. I, I just, again, who he is, but um, yeah. yeah like I said, up. I think barring up. an injury, he's going to be a free agent for a couple weeks here, maybe even halfway through the season, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, like you said, his dad obviously is biased because it's his son. We saw him say, you just, you need to be calculating your next move here and like go in, like who's the court, who's the, like his dad, and to be fair, Cam Newton did kind of like when he'd say something that clearly he knew was not necessarily right. Cam Newton said like, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me speak to that. <laughs> Can we talk about that? That was one of my favorite things back and forth. Yeah. I love that about their dynamic. They, I, I feel like they do this probably all the time. He reminds hold on, me. Hold on. Let me build. Let me yeah, build. Hold up. Hold up. Let me vibe. <laughs> his dad reminded me of, um, cannot think of his name. Was it Bill Witherspoon? Not Bill Witherspoon. Who is the, the actor? He passed away recently, so RIP, but um, he was in Friday and next Friday. Oh. His dad, who always, you know, don't go in there for 45 minutes. He reminded oh, me of that. Yeah. His general demeanor and how he talked. I'm like, that's a reminder you. Yeah. Um, no, I get that. Um, but I, I did like some of the points that or like his dad did lead him into some good talking points, you know, got him to clarify about a couple of things. If there's one thing out there, Cam might ha- have the best media team in business. Oh, yeah. um, the, the production value is second to none. Um, anything else from that that you found interesting? I mean, it did seem like he put a little bit of blame to, uh, about the Atlanta trip. I thought that I, – I guess I was still a little confused with the whole second opinion part. If, yeah. you know, um, I guess that part didn't make much sense to me because, as he said, there was nothing wrong with it. He just wanted to check on its health. That sounded sort of suspect to me, I guess. Um, because why would you want to get, like m- – so many eyes on something um if something wasn't kind of feeling a little off um did it sound like it and i know the patriots already came out and said hey this was on us it had nothing to do with cam um and people i guess probably want to read past it a little bit but do you think did that just sound like that was a patriot kind of hiccup they maybe understood the rule different um yeah, quite possibly. I mean, yeah. clearly, I don't know. They're going to deflect yeah. blame on them anyways, let's be real. Because, yeah. I mean, at this point, they're moving on. Yeah. And so are the Patriots. And so what, what, what are we expecting? Let's switch it up to the quarterback that has been named QB1, uh, Mac Jones. What are we expecting this week? Are we expecting a heavy run game? Are we expecting um, – maybe we're expecting them to say, hey, you showed us you won the job, so go be the quarterback. Like, free reign, yep. make the plays, make the plays downfield, the passes. Um, yeah, what do you think we're going to see? Well, I mean, like with any week one, you don't see anything they do in preseason in week one. Typically, all this stuff comes, you know, after preseason. I think it'll be a lot like Brady. I mean, we don't remember this because we were so damn young when Brady started his career. But, I mean, you've, you've heard Charlie Weiss as recently as last week say they're going to do a lot what we did when we first started, you know insulate him in a way that, you know, heavy run game, play action passes. I do think at some point he's going to have to throw the ball down the field. And as you saw in preseason, clearly capable. I mean, he should have probably had two touchdown passes, one to Wilkerson mm-hmm. and one to Harry in the preseason that, you know, 30, 45, 50-yard passes that were just dropped. Um, so those were both near touchdowns or should have been caught. 
So, I mean, I do think that will happen. Biggest thing, in, in absent of Mac Jones, I'm really excited to see what they do with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith is because they weren't mm-hmm. heavily used. They weren't really playing at all in the preseason due to either injuries in Henry's Got case. Got dinged or, up, and then they – Yeah, and then John Smith maybe played a player too. But you even saw it with a Cam Newton pass where John Smith caught it maybe two yards deep and then turned it into a 13-yard game. So, big dude. Really big athletic. Um, quick question from the backside. Stevenson, was there a – what did I see about he him? He dislocated his thumb. Oh, that's right. Which, I mean, but it looked like they, in the pictures after they said there was no brace or anything on him carrying the ball. So I think yeah. even if he plays, it's not like he's going to get a lot of workload. I think, you know, Damian Harris will be heavily featured. James White. I wouldn't be surprised if J.J. Taylor gets a few snaps just as a change of pace, kind of Danny Woodhead, Deion Lewis style. Um, but my God, I've never been more excited for a Patriots football game. So I'm saying just the up, we know there's an inevitable ups and downs that are about to take place. Like there could be they could play stellar tomorrow, and then the next week they play like garbage. Um, this is a good opportunity for Mac Jones right off the jump playing a very, really good Miami defense that does a lot of different things that he's going to have to deal with. Um, it, sets the, it sets the standard because that's your in-division team that you're going to face twice a year, you know? And then um, you get the Jets to rebound the week after. So, <laughs> I know. who and They've had been have, – the Jets have been injury – ridden here oh, too God. so yeah, they've, they've lost everyone um no this will be really exciting to to tell i'm glad we got this recording before the very first game um and then i, I think we got to do one next week too oh, um to to recap get back on schedule um anything else you want to talk about in the patriots theme or outside of that nfl no, just excited. I wish it's supposed to be like 90 degrees here tomorrow, which is a very upsetting because I was really expecting or hoping for like a low 70s, like early, Do not like quite fall in New England, but fall feels, you know, but instead it's going to make so fucking hot. So a little upsetting on that front. Um, well, that's okay. You're just going to have to deal with it, Trav. Just wait till next week. Like we're playing um, Miami instead of New England. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's kind of do our end of the show recap here. Uh, anything you've been watching uh, as far as streaming goes, movies, TV, cool things we've read. Um, I did enjoy the recent Ted Lasso. Um, yeah, that was good. It's, it's, it's like l- leading down this path where I think you're – I mean, even the guy who plays Nate, I've read some articles where, like, he, they, he says that he's going to take a turn at some point that – most people won't like. So I'll be curious to see that because right now it's a little cat and mouse game they have going on here. Um, sure. I mean, you saw the big, the big reveal of him at the end of this episode. If you haven't seen it, good episode. Um, yeah, good episode. It's just so well um, So many times oh, in that show, I find myself saying, this is such a well-written show. Like, yeah, it's so good. Did you see the, uh, so it doesn't show like anything, but it shows sort of the, the heading for next week's episode. Did you read that? I did not read it. What did it say? Oh, okay. It's like, because um, their assistant coach goes off after the game because he's yeah. pissed because they just got routed. Um, I think it's going it, to, it looks like it might be one of those episodes that a lot of TV shows are doing it. They like every now and then choose an episode to, I think Barry did it. Uh, Atlanta used to do it uh, where they'd have one episode that was just completely sort of detached from everything 
I, I could be wrong, but the way I read it sort of seemed like it's going to be more following that up, but we'll see. Um, He's a great character too. Loki. Anything else? Do you, did you, did you watch Money Heist? Did you ever get into that? Which one's that? It's part one of the fifth season. It's, I think it's a Spanish show, nope. um, but it came out a while ago. Um, man, it leaves you on suspense at every episode. Did you watch Vacation Friends on Hulu? I did. Quite funny. There were some downtimes in that, but very funny. there. Yeah, there were some times where they were really trying. Um, yeah. And then there were wow. other times where I'm like, okay. American Horror Story has been fantastic so far. You've liked it? Have you not liked it? It's weird, man. It's definitely, I mean, everyone is so different. Like, it's never like, oh, this is a little bit like last year. Um, yeah. I'm I've, very I've liked it. Oh, go for it. No, I'm, I'm just curious to see how it, because it's supposed to be like, I think the first, I think it's six episodes, maybe eight. But the first part is somehow supposed to deal with the second part. Like, they're supposed to tie together somehow. I think, from my understanding, I could be wrong. Wait, it, okay. Tell me, am I missing something? It's only been one story arc, right? Correct. It's, so it's one season this year. However, it's two entirely different stories. So I think the next yeah. one, it goes to, like, Area 51. This is, like, the ocean. The next one's the desert. So it looks like, I don't know if you've seen the full American Horror Story trailer, but it's still, like, and you see the poster. We're talk- are we talking about the same thing? The vampire one? Correct. Yes. Have you okay. not seen the posters where it's one's the, the White Walker dude, the, the non-talented guy, yeah. then it's an alien, like American Horror Story. Yeah, I've seen the poster, but they right. haven't done anything alien-wise yet. No, no, no. I'm saying okay, okay, okay. This, this has, we've been to what, four episodes? I think there's either six or eight in this first vampire part, if that's what you want to call it, the P-Town part. Okay. And then there's a whole separate technically. And the P-Town isn't over yet, right? Right. Correct. Cool. Okay, I'm, I'm just making sure I haven't missed it. Most recent one was on Wednesday. They kind of went into the backstory of how everything was developed in terms of that pill that they, they do. Um, but this is how I feel every time I watch American Horror Story. Every time. Oh, yeah, it's great. The other I'm thing, like, what am I, I watching? I don't know if you watch it. If not, you should. What We Do in the Shadows is fucking hilarious. What We Do in the Shadows. What's that on? On FX. It was originally a movie that um, Taika Waititi was in, and he's, he has, has had some cameos in it. Um, okay. But it's it's vampires, but it's like a com- it's like a dramedy. But, like, they're just, like, they walk around, like, awful, and it's all, like, you know, these, um, like, draconian things. But it's, like, for fuck's sake, like, like, they have a familiar that, like, basically protects them all the time. Like, they're really just, like, wimpy vampires. And, okay. Like, I've seen the name. I just haven't, I haven't uh, is, checked it out. Because now this is season three, so if you have if you have time, like go back and watch season one. It's yeah. I guess my most of my attention has been on uh, yeah. on Hulu recently, actually. With uh, so they have because they replay American Horror Story, so that's where I see it there. And then Mark, um, Mark Hamill was in it last year to play Luke Skywalker, the original. Oh, Skywalker. okay. And it was like this whole thing how like he was so excited to be in it. And it's like yeah. And then. Um, what do you mean the original Luke Skywalker? Walker? The only Luke oh, Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> um, they, uh, the other shows that I liked, um, Only Murders in the Building with uh, Steve Martin, um, Selena Gomez. Serious watching that. Um, just good, like, I mean, they're just they're good characters. But uh, I, I was kind of watching that lightly. I'm not sure where that's going. And... Um, and then Hulu released that Nine Perfect Strangers one, too. Yeah, that's been pretty good. It's been a slow burn, but it's been good. It has. It's getting pretty pretty yeah. wild right now. Yeah. Um, 
but I know this sounds like we're, we listen to a whole lot of, or watch a whole lot of TV. We're just really good. I think, or at least I'm speaking for myself. I'm really good at being like precise and efficient with my, my watching. Cause I get a lot of other stuff done, right. but I also can keep up with this. So yeah, one thing at a time. <laughs> um, well, cool. I think we can wrap this up. There's probably so much more I wanted to talk about throughout this entire week, uh, two weeks that you've been gone. I'm yeah. really happy you had a good time. And I'm Charleston, happy you're back. I know we'll be texting each other like crazy tomorrow. Um, and I can't wait to recap it all uh, sometime next week. So we'll get back on track. Um, getting, getting, you know, football will help us stay very consistent, I think. Agreed. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you guys for listening to episode 60 of the Two Bros Talking Sports podcast. Uh, Until next week, uh, happy football.